Hello and welcome to the first incision. Uh, my name is Ben. Now, regular listeners will know that my friend Sally and I uh, release a podcast every two weeks on a Wednesday under the series title Finger on the Pulse. We try to pick up on a news story from the previous two weeks and address it from a Christian medical perspective. Now, we had an episode all packaged up and ready to go uh, for this Wednesday, uh, and that episode will air uh, this Wednesday as planned. However, shortly after that episode being recorded, edited, and sent off to CMF HQ, the news broke of one of the biggest and most horrifying scandals to ever hit the NHS. Here's how BBC's Panorama opened on Friday evening. A nurse has been convicted of murdering babies. Just beyond your imagination that somebody's on the ward killing babies. It's, it's unbelievable. So what turns Lucy Letby into a serial killer? She's a difficult one to work out because she's emotionless. There was no empathy or, or sympathy with what's gone on at all. For the first time, we hear from the parents whose baby was murdered. I think she's a hateful human being. She's taken everything from us. Absolutely everything. The doctor who tried to raise the alarm. It was quite clear that they didn't think appropriate to go to the police at that stage. And the friend who stood by her. She would only ever want to help people, to say that she could have harmed any baby. Um, it's just not in her nature. In light of the Lucy Letby case, uh, I thought I'd record this short emergency podcast uh, with some reflections about the case. So last week, Lucy Letby, the 33-year-old neonatal nurse, uh, was found guilty of murdering seven babies and attempting to murder six more in the neonatal unit at the Countess of Chester Hospital. There is now an ongoing police investigation looking back through Letby's career for any evidence of other murders, and the government has ordered an independent inquiry into what happened at the Countess of Chester Hospital. There are still many questions that need answering, and chief amongst these is the accusation that hospital management dismissed concerns raised with them by seven consultant paediatricians on the unit in the name of reputational damage mitigation. Here is Dr. Ravi Jayaram, one of the consultants, speaking to ITV News. The very first thing that Tony Chambers, the chief executive, said to us, he cogitated for a few seconds and he said, well, I can see how that might be a very convenient explanation for things. And what that says to me is that he'd already decided that wasn't going on and this was us just trying to cover up. And then we heard that um, Lucy Letby had been moved to the risk and governance department. So she'd been taken off the unit. Those doctors were summoned to another meeting with executives who now accused them. We bullied her. Uh, we behaved unprofessionally. We behaved in ways that were unbecoming to the profession. And then Tony Chambers finished off by saying, so she's coming back to work. And this is the most chilling thing. I'm drawing a line under this, you will draw a line under this, and if you cross that line, there will be consequences for you. 
as well, we were told when we initially raised concerns that if we call the police, there'll be blue and white tape everywhere. That's the end of the unit. It, it would be really bad for the reputation of the trust. There is so much uh, that can be said on this horrifying and tragic case. Um, so let me just give you a couple of my um, brief reflections. Firstly, doesn't this show just how evil the human heart can potentially be? How anyone can repeatedly murder vulnerable newborn babies and seemingly show no remorse or regret, at least in public, is sickening and beyond comprehension. And that's before we even start on the fact that she was working as a nurse. There is such great evil in the human race. And as my friend uh, Rico Tice, the evangelist, uh, often says, this is why God's judgment is such a good thing. We can thank God that let be has been brought to justice by the courts. But we as Christians can also have assurance that she will also face judgment in front of God. And her victims and their families will one day see true and perfect justice served. Secondly, there are big questions around accountability of the hospital managers and executives who reportedly try to dismiss the concerns of the consultant body, seemingly in the name of protecting the reputation of the hospital. There are now calls for the individual executives involved in this case to face justice for their inaction as well as wider calls for hospital managers to be independently regulated in the same way as doctors and nurses. And it's terrifying to think that this culture of silencing and dismissing whistleblowers in the name of reputational damage mitigation may be currently allowing all sorts of scandals and malpractice to continue in the NHS uninvestigated. And of course, this does not just apply to the NHS. The news interviews with the consultants reminded me of some of the church abuse scandals that have come to light in recent years. For example, in the Ravi Zacharias scandal that broke in 2021, there seemed to be a similar drive to silence and dismiss people who raised concerns about Ravi Zacharias in the name of organisational loyalty and reputational damage mitigation. Here is a preacher and former apologist for Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, Sam Albury, uh, speaking to Glenn Scrivener uh, when the, uh, the, when the uh, Zacharias scandal first broke. So he died in May 2020. Um, and then when was it? it? was about September when the story broke about uh, three massage therapists um, who had worked at a spa that was jointly owned by Ravi, um, making allegations of all sorts of inappropriate uh, behaviour. Um, it seemed like the initial response from RZIM was that you know these reports do not match the the man that we know. Um, looking back on that statement, how do you feel? Um, it was it was it was not a statement. I was happy with at the time because as well as saying that it, it said we the teammates and family or something like that of, of Ravi Zacharias believe these allegations to be false. And I remember saying at the time, I'm a teammate. I'm on, I'm on the team here. I can't say that. Um, it doesn't, doesn't mean I, 
I know for a fact they're all true, but I I, I can't say I believe them to be false. The, you know, the, the story as it was broken by Christianity today was was extremely credible. And you voiced that at the time, didn't you? You, you said, look, I'm, I'm a teammate. I, I, I find these women's stories credible. Um, how was that received? Um, in a variety of different ways. My, my, first, my first concern was to protect the freedom of conscience for the, for the ministry team. Um, so we, we had a, a staff Q&A and um, I wanted the first question to be, I thought I, I just said, listen, I, I believe these allegations. Um, they seem highly credible to me. My question is, do we have freedom of conscience? Am I allowed to say what I just said? And can we have assurance that, that no one will be made to feel disloyal or unspiritual if they do believe these allegations? Mm. Can you, can you guarantee freedom of conscience? And the answer was given that yes, of course, there will be complete freedom of conscience. That that's fine. Um, there were some who were, were deeply unhappy that I had said that. Um, who did feel it was disloyal. There were some members of the team in other parts of the world, and even members of of the family who felt it was a kind of betrayal. And I shouldn't be on the team if I think that. In any organisation, there is the potential for cover up and the priorities of the organization trumping the well-being and sometimes safety of individuals. And clearly, neither the NHS nor the church is immune to this. And so, for those of us in positions of organizational responsibility, including in Christian ministry, there is in these cases the stark and important reminder that God cares far more about people than he does about man-made institutions and their reputations. Third and finally, there are so many people who have been damaged by the Letby case, who we shouldn't lose sight of. I think we should keep in mind all parents who currently have children in NICU in the neonatal intensive care unit, anywhere. I'm sure they all know that Lucy Letby was an incredibly rare and one-off case. But it's scary enough to leave your sick newborn child in hospital, trusting the hospital staff to take care of them in your absence, without the horror stories of Letby's murders being all over the news. We should also spare a thought, I think, uh, for all the nursing and medical staff who worked at the neonatal unit in the Countess of Chester's Hospital. Many of them will have been living a nightmare for the last seven or eight years. And now they have been thrust into the public spotlight with a government inquiry coming down the track. But I think our hearts and our prayers need most of all to be with the families of those killed by Lucy Letby. To lose a young child is clearly one of the most devastating things anyone can experience. To lose a child at the hands of a nurse who you trusted to care for your child and who then murdered them is a pain beyond anything I can imagine. I hope there is some level of closure now for these families now that Letby has been found guilty. 
There is sure to be much more to be said about this case, and we may pick up on this story in future episodes. Uh, But that's all uh, for this emergency podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, Sally and I will be back on Wednesday with our normal uh, Finger on the Pulse episode. Uh, Until then, stay safe and God bless. 